Welcome to the Becker's Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. This is Laura Deirda. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Stephen Kinsley, Group Vice President of Strategy and Payer Engagement at Surgical Care Affiliates, a national surgery center chain. Stephen, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Pleasure is mine. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about in terms of some of the big trends that you're following in healthcare and how your conversations with payers are going and those relationships are evolving. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and the scope of surgical care affiliates? Yeah, no, not, not a problem at all. Uh, look forward to doing that. So real, real quickly, before we, we uh, outline my role and what I've been doing with surgical care affiliates. So Surgical Care Affiliates is, uh, we, we, have, we have north of 240 surgery centers and, and surgical hospitals and, and three joint venture MSOs with some specialists throughout the country and, and actually do about a million surgeries a year um, through about 9,000 surgeons. So, so plenty, of, plenty of surgeries operated throughout the enterprise. And they range everything from you know, a diagnostic colonoscopy up to total joint spine procedures and, and the growth into the cardiovascular space. So we, so we really do a, a good job touching many, many specialists um, throughout, the, throughout the country with the services we offer. As far as me, I, um, I have been with surgical care affiliates since, since day one and have always operated um, within the, the managed care lane. And right now I'm I'm very, very fortunate as I come up on my 15th year anniversary, I am, I'm leading the, the team, the payer engagement and innovation team. And that, that's about 22 individuals um, that service our, our operating groups in ensuring that we have the right um, structures in place with the health plan. So whether that's a fee for service, whether that's a value base, we spend a lot of time partnering with our surgeons, employer groups, disruptors in the space, and just making sure that that we can ultimately, you know, serve the serve the community, uh, the surgeons, patients, um, or the health plans members. Absolutely. Well, it's great to hear it. It sounds like you've got a lot going on. So I'll dive right in. What are some of the most interesting issues that you're following in healthcare right now? Yeah. So I, I guess I guess the most obvious one is the pandemic, right? Definitely following what's what's going on with with, with COVID and and. So following for two reasons. One, just as an individual, um, as, a, as a father, um, as a husband, actually as a grandfather, um, I, I'm following what's happening and what it means to us uh, in society and how we're adapting, but also for my professional realm and, and, and anyone within the healthcare space, what it has meant to us and, and how surgical care affiliates has, has had to, to change and adapt um, and ensuring that as we, we are able to still provide surgery uh, throughout the country, that there, there's different mechanisms we have to put in place. I mean, surgery is, is needed, but it can also be a time of great anxiety. And there were times during the height of it that someone would come in for surgery, but their caretaker who brought them couldn't come in, right? Couldn't come into the surgery center just, just from a safety perspective. So just what we've been able to, to, to put in place uh, all, all those individuals that sit on the clinical side of the house has been fascinating. And I, and I just continue to continue to follow everything with it. And like everyone, hope that the, the, the clouds are lifting and, and, and one day we'll, we'll have a complete, complete hold on that. So that, that's probably the first thing and probably the most obvious. I, I'd say the other thing I, I'm following and, and I spend a lot of time focused on and, and has a lot to do with, with my role in the space I operate in, it's, it's, it's the physician specialist. Um, and, and that's all around the, the independence, the, the ability for them to remain independent and, and serve their patients. So 
when I, when I think about that and, and I talk to my team and others about this a lot, it's like, what can I, or what can my team do to kind of make it easier for these, these surgeons to take care of patients, right? We just spend a, a ton of time um, speaking about that, which fits right within my space, ASC. And if there's a way for us to provide uh, a surgeon a great opportunity to provide surgery in a quality, safe environment, that, that's what we're able to do. And, and it impacts the, the quadruple aim. And for those that may or may not be listening that are familiar with the quadruple aim, that's, that's great quality, affordability, uh, a phenomenal patient experience, and then in great provider satisfaction. So that, that's really as I spend my time thinking about how we can help that. And, and as SCA evolves more into the specialty care continuum, I think it just maps up perfectly with how we're able to holistically take care of um, of, the, of the patients in, in the space we operate. So is it all right, Laura, if I kind of give you an example of maybe how we were able to do that and, and why I spent so much time on it? That would be fantastic. I, I think it would be so interesting to know um, from your perspective where that um, that growth is coming from and then where you're headed as well. Yeah, no. So I'll... I'll go right to Colorado. It's a great example um, when, when you think of think of SCA. So if you go back to, to 2017, and, and that was actually when um, SCA became a part of United, and we sit within the Optum family, Optum Health uh, division, uh, we had, we, SCA, had three surgery centers. Um, we, we had no strategic partners, and we really had a limited value prop. So if, if you think back then, we were an ASC that was affording surgeons the opportunity uh, to provide surgery in our, in our surgery center. And that's, that's all we had. So as we continue to think about a deeper relationship um, with our surgeons and how we could impact them and have a greater touch, we, we, we deepened our relationship with a group out there by the name of Ortho Centers of, of Colorado. And we both had very similar goals in the sense that we wanted to provide um, care in the lowest cost setting, the highest value, right? And, and, and it was a market that needed this. So the fact that we were able to deepen our relationship and look at the more touch points of the patient has landed us to the point now where we have we have a joint venture MSO with orthopedic with the orthopedic surgery centers, or excuse me, I apologize, um, with orthopedic centers of Colorado. And today, our portfolio stands at 18 surgery centers, 100 surgeons in this specialty practice, at, which include 10 anesthesiologists. And, and if you think about that, anesthesia has gotten a whole lot of bright light shined on it. And, and so we're well aware of that. And, and so we're deepening our relationship with, with some of these anesthesiologists. And I think what's most important is that we've implemented numerous value-based payments. And that's kind of the third thing I spend a lot of my time focusing on um, is it's not just the fee-for-service necessary within our space today. Um, and maybe that's a whole nother podcast, but we do spend a lot of time on value-based agreements and the value we can bring to ensure that we are curbing the total cost of healthcare. And, and that's beneficial to a lot of people. I mean, I sit in the healthcare space, but I'm also a consumer. And I want to make sure that I'm able to provide or receive great care um, for a, a financial responsibility that doesn't doesn't hurt me too much. So I just think Colorado is a great example of how we have leaned in with with, with surgeons and helped maintain independence and, and been able to grow our portfolio, which has brought great value to the community. 
That's a really great example. Thank you so much, Stephen, for going through all that. And I'm wondering, how do you anticipate taking that model into new markets or new states and replicating that? Is that something you're looking to do uh, more of in the future, especially when you're thinking about um, the value-based care and, and how you want to grow with some of your existing partners? Yeah, absolutely. This is not going to be uh, an N of one, right? This was not, hey, we went into a market and, and we were successful. This is something we would love to provide in, in other markets. And, and we, we are actively engaged in, in numerous markets. And, and, and I think I, I say often um, within the SCA world and, and to many people I talk about, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the changing of the sea. And what I mean by that is often a provider health plan relationship was contentious back in the day, right? Earlier when it was all about fee for service. And now it's about collaboration. And so being able to sit in the room with a health plan and talk about how you can impact total cost of care and the value that brings to their members, it, it really, it brings a whole different type of conversation. Um, we all have means we have to, to achieve, there has to be KPIs, but if we can get in a room and realize that it's really about the member and the patient, I think we have a tremendous opportunity to do this in many other markets um, throughout the country. That's really great to hear. And, you know, following along that line of those payer conversations and going more towards the value-based care and, and collaboration, how have those conversations and relationships evolved more recently and especially since the pandemic began? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of my, then my, my, my baby is these value-based agreements, right? And um, it's it, so... These conversations have evolved tremendously, and, and I won't—I I have to say—it's—it's it's not because of the pandemic. These conversations were happening before. I think what COVID did was challenge us to think about these more and how we can get them across the finish line. I, I really, truly believe that. So, so we are—the conversations are much more. Um, around value-based care and what can we do? Let me, let me give you an example. I seem to be filled with them today. So we, we have, just from a grounding perspective, we have about 65% of our ASCs have some form of a, of a value-based agreement and about 35, 36% of them have more than one. And, and a value-based agreement for all those listening, that can be a bundle, that can be a site of care, uh, program that can be some form of a of a shared savings or so so anything that you can think of it's not not one single program they're varying programs based off of markets health plan needs the 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 amount of assets we have in a market but we at the beginning of this year we invested in an organization and acquired a company by the name of Global One so Global One sits within the SCA family now and and they are one of the largest conveners of bundles today in the healthcare space. They have countless day of service bundles um, in place today. And we felt that was an absolute tremendous investment for us to make. There was an organization that was successful. There was an organization that had the tools and had tremendous, if you wanna say street cred um, in, in their success and how they could positively impact the total cost of care that it's just where we wanted to go we often in the SCA world reference sports analogies. So Wayne Gretzky, who was an iconic retired hockey player, used to say that what made him successful was he was going to where the puck was, not where it is. And 
that's where we view value based. So we had an opportunity to go where it's going, aligning with Global One, and, and it just it took our tool belt and made it so much more robust that we now have 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 Global One to help us grow in the value based space. And and again, I'm, I'm fortunate. I part of the teammates that I lead are I'll call the payment innovation folks, and we have we have four teammates that are dedicated to helping us build this out with health plans across the across the country and, and the value it brings. So I just think that value base is where you need to be if you're going to be successful in the future in healthcare. That's great to hear. And it sounds like obviously really investing in this value-based care idea and moving that forward with the surgery centers and other organizations and providers that are within the surgical care affiliates umbrella is um, just paramount. So that's exciting to hear and see. I'm wondering, you know, when you do um, create those agreements or, or go into discussions with payers about those agreements, are you seeing um, are you seeing willingness and excitement to do that? Or is it more of trying to convince them that this is the right pathway to go because you, you know internally that this is um, where the healthcare space is going? Yeah. Um, so I'd like to, I'd like to always think there's excitement, <laughs> um, but, but there, it, it's a little both. I, look, it's value base is a change. And I think everyone talks in the healthcare space or, or for that matter, any business vertical, people are always looking to change. They're always looking to reinvent. Um, it's what keeps them one step ahead and, and, and successful. So think there's an acknowledgement that we need to go. However, it's also a mindset change. So it, it really, there's a lot of education. And let me be completely candid. There's a lot of education that we offer and the value it brings on the provider side. But I think we're aware of the fact that there's a lot of education that the health plans can offer us too, right? I mean, explaining how a health plan operates and why there's a great opportunity to this, or maybe some of the limitations they might have. I, I think it's being well aware and educating each other that leads to success. We're both, when I say both, the health plan and NFCA, we're subject matter experts, if you will, in our own field. And we have to acknowledge and learn more about the other to, to be able to execute on a successful value-based plan. And, and I think if the parties realize that, there's an opportunity for, for, for tremendous success. That's great to hear. Thank you, Stephen. Now, before we wrap up our conversation, I have one more question. Where do you see the payer strategies for ASCs headed in the future? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. And, and I spend a lot of time um, talking to, 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 to plenty of people in the healthcare, healthcare space about that. And, and where I see it going is exactly what SCA is doing. It, it, it's, we, we, we are a specialty care organization. And what I mean by that is, and I alluded a couple minutes ago, is there's there's a lot of touch points that we can have with a patient slash member to migrate them through their healthcare experience. And I think as SCA, as, as surgery centers, specifically the SCA surgery centers, that is a focus for us and how we partner with our health plans. It's it, there, there is an opportunity to give their members a phenomenal patient experience. And that patient experience can be when they have to experience a surgery and there should be a reimbursement compensation model around that, just as if surgery is not required, right? And, and that's why you think about us as a specialty care organization, it's aligning with the specialist. It's not only a matter of providing care in appropriate setting, it's providing appropriate care. 
and we acknowledge that, that not everyone at this time needs surgery. So, so we can partner with health plans to ensure there's appropriate care. So I, I just, I feel it's really, it's migrating down that. And I would say it's also not only just what I call transactional, transactional meaning a surgery, maybe a broken bone, you fix it, a colonoscopy, you know, there's a diagnostic colonoscopy. It, it, it can be as you broaden your service, it's managing of, of, a, of an acute disease and, you know, cardiovascular. And there's a whole lot that needs to be done in that space that, that, we, have, that, that we have migrated into and we're extremely excited. And, and there's tons of opportunities to impact cost of care that way. So I just think there's a whole lot of different models in the ASC space that if SCA continues to look at and continues to partner, we can be wildly successful and in models we probably don't even know are out there right now, but through the collaboration, they'll be there. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. No, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much.